0: It's time to maximize Facebook marketing for your business, Let's be overwhelmed. It's the Pentatop to Podcast with Anne-Christine Peña Redondo.
1: Marcus Ho is the Managing Director at Brew Interactive. He has led a digital agency for a decade, which he grew to $18 million a year, that's cross-revenue. He's also an experienced industry keynote speaker. He's the author of two best-selling books in digital marketing and social media, a certified HubSpot and Salesforce partner, and he has awards such as Best Use of Social and Best Use of Digital and Excellence in Marketing awarded by Marketing Interactive. And he's been a consultant for more than a decade with companies such as Hitachi, NUS, Qatar Airways, JLL, and Great Eastern. But put away those titles, those awards, those accolades, Marcus Ho, for me, is a dear client. Not only that, he's also a mentor to me. I remembered that I became part of his digital agency in November 2013. I learned a lot from his agency, how to take care of clients, how to manage my resources, how to manage time, how to work seamlessly with the team, and most especially, how to respect my work as a social media manager because if not for him i wouldn't be able to realize that hey i've had lots of training hours on facebook marketing so i'll just focus on this because this is the one that i'm really good at marcus also taught us never to stop learning because he is also a lover of learning and in this two-part series you will find out one of those insights how he continues to learn how he keeps one to three steps forward not only the competition but the whole industry as well you will also find out why serendipity is not really his favorite word but somehow favored him in his life as a business owner this episode just like joe mars guesting it's another for the books for me well you might say ah, oh, this is just your second podcast guest but i now realize that every guest that i have after i end the interviews with them i feel so selfish because i learn a lot from their interviews i almost don't want to share it to the world (laughs) that is just how good those interviews are but hey i'm doing a disservice Like, I should not have done this show if I will just keep it to myself, right? So, of course, I'm not going to do that. That's just the selfish part. Once the selfless part kicks in, of course, here's the episode. Again, this is a two-part series. Just in case you hear some changes on the audio, do know that this was recorded previously. So, bear with that. But here's the thing. I would suggest you get a pen and a notebook because you're gonna need it. There are a lot of bombs, value bombs, digital nuggets, and words of wisdom. So, without further ado, here's Marcus Ho, my second guest for Pint to Top. Enjoy, everyone. Marcus Ho, welcome to Pinto Top Podcast.
0: Thank you for having me, and it's a great pleasure. And it's always nice to see you.
1: Yeah, you too. So, I'll do rapid fire questions to you right away. So. The very first time I met you, you had—you are already a co-founder of a digital marketing agency. So, did you see yourself building a career on that? Because I know it was an accident, right?
0: It was an accident. Everything in my life is almost uh, based on serendipity So I think that's a nicer word on on it. So I started the, the agency, well, a long story back was that in Singapore, you have to serve a two-year mandatory military service once you are, if you're a male and you're 18 years old, you have to go to serve the military. So I did that. And then, you know, that during that two years military, one would always get bored. You start asking very philosophical questions once you are 18 years old because you just have so much time on your hands and you have no money as well and you're just stuck in the military camp and and you have nothing to do. So one thing was that I was a writer for um, this magazine that's the, the army magazine that's still around today. It's called Army News. And I happened to be there by chance. Well, not by chance. I actually applied for that job during one of my downtime and then somehow managed to get the job. Uh, but most of my peers got their jobs there in Army News uh, because of their father's contacts and networks. It put them into this very protected place. So that would probably give you the impression that they come from wealthy families. And actually, most of my peers, and, and you know, because you spend a lot of time with them, you bond very well with them. And you sort of take the decision of what you want to do with, you know, your next two, three years of your life post-military together and most of them come from wealthy family backgrounds and you know in singapore they live in large large landed mansions houses and they all went to ivy league school in, in the u.s after their military me on, on the other hand i come from a highly humble family background my dad was you know just like a blue collar worker for that so i felt very inferior to them as a young back then it was 19 20 year old So I asked myself, look, if I I could apply for universities, and I did, and and I managed to get entry into some of the universities in Singapore. But I thought, look, I need to make big enough impact uh, in my life, in my career, as much as my peers were doing when they were going to Brown, they were going to Cambridge, one was going to Harvard as well. And obviously, A, I'm not smart enough, and B, my dad wasn't rich enough to send me there. So... I was like, shit, what do I do? So I thought, okay, what the heck, I'm just going to start a business there. So the first business was an e-commerce store. I was Mm -hmm. selling accessories, like your iPhone covers, MacBook casings and whatnot. So... You know, I didn't know any better. So I printed flyers from, and back then I was still living with my parents. So I was printed, printing flyers from my house printer. And I went down to one of the consumer electronic shows and I stood, stood there and just distribute flyers. Lo and behold, nobody bought anything. In fact, people just threw away the, the flyers everywhere. So so I got,
1: traditional. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't yeah.
0: Anything about, about marketing. I just knew, okay, I need to do something, I need to get to come and, and I just thought maybe this would be the best way to do it. So, so yeah, it obviously didn't work. And then, you know, I started just searching on, online and said how to make, how to drive traffic online, all that different kind of stuff. So I, I self-learned so SEO at first, you know, um, I, if you Google back then, like, how to get, like, if you Google back then, Apple Accessories, you would see, like, Tech Zone or something of the promised It was ranked over there, it it was getting traffic, and then slowly it started making money. And somehow I got lucky as well in 2007 or 2008, Facebook started to take off. So I just ran ads on on that platform, and that time was, you know, the stars were all aligned in my, for me, where... You know, the kids were starting to buy iPhone, and the kids were getting on Facebook. And when I say kids, I mean like young adults. And they needed to buy accessories. and needed to, to yeah, you know, like all this fancy stuff that they needed around it. So the timing was great. And then I just leveraged on advertising and we started taking it off from there. But the problem was that she started to make quite a lot of sales, but because this was in 2008, um, you know, logistics. In Singapore for e commerce wasn't really a thing that you know you can just outsource immediately,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: you can't nobody just understood it. So, what I had to do was you know, I, like I hired a third party provider to explain this is e commerce, you I, and this is drop shipping. So, I've brought a warehouse that's located somewhere in Singapore and then somewhere else, and I had to plan logistically to every order how to go about doing it, and I had a small team of five people back then working for, for the company. We were making okay money, but after all, it just became a massive service of customers to solve the logistics thing. So eventually, I got three offers to, to sell out the company. I took the best offer on the, on the table. And then, you know, it was just the next thing. And the next thing was, you know, just starting the agency because back then, I didn't knew any better. So this was in 2009. I thought, all right, you know, I knew how to drive revenue mm-hmm. online. And back then, nobody was talking about it, doing it for, for, for businesses. Everybody was talking about it from a perspective of internet marketing, that sort of thing, or affiliate marketing. But nobody was really just thinking about doing it for, for businesses. Today, there's tons of them out there. So, yeah, we started doing it and then we grew as, as a company. And in 2015, we had the opportunity sell the company which we did but one year later i realized it was a mistake selling the the company so i took it over again and and 2017 was a year for throwing it back up again so Everything was just serendipity. You know, you take decisions after decisions after decisions. And that pretty much sums up my career.
1: Wow. A few years back when you mentioned that it was weeks before your 21st birthday, which is not a long time ago. And I was surprised because I didn't know that you were just turning 21. I mentioned to Jomar about it because you know Jomar, right? He was also my very first podcast show guest and I told him did you know that Marcos is just 21 just a few years back because you said you were going to party and something so (laughs) and then yeah you you did and then you said and then I wondered on it so I thought because the word serendipity was really really good it taught me a lot I was thinking during that time that you had your life like, you saw bits and pieces of it, like, clearly. So I was telling Jomar during that time, did you know that Marcos mentioned to us that he's turning 21? So if he's 21 now, maybe he thought of creating the marketing agency at around 15? What was I doing when I was 15 years old? <laughs> and, and Jomar was like, yeah, I know. We're late bloomers, and we were just laughing it all out. So it was the word serendipity is really good. You but mentioned.
0: I, but just, just to be clear, I, I was 21, maybe about. Could have been a joke or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe a joke or something. 21 was more than 10 years
1: ago. <laughs> 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 yeah. Okay. So you said you created Digital Market Agency in 2009, right? So, but you had your first best selling book about. Facebook marketing is actually called the secrets of Facebook marketing. Do you think it's one of the seeds that made you think of creating the agency? Or was it really what you've learned in selling accessories and then finding out how to sell it better? Get ready to assemble! Where your cape is created for people who are having a hard time marketing themselves, struggling in creating content for themselves or for their clients, has little or no confidence, and worried because of not having clarity. Whether you're a marketer, an aspiring virtual professional, a social media manager, a content marketing strategist, an e-commerce store owner, a Facebook ad specialist, a content writer, or even a brick and mortar business owner, you will surely benefit from this half-day event. This might be one of the most valuable social gatherings ever assembled in one half-day. Wear Your Cape is happening on May 23, 2020. For more details, visit kickstartyourpurpose.com/slash/wearyourcape2020. After listening to this episode, see you there, supers.
0: Yes, I wrote that book because I had some free time um, after I sold the company before I started the agency, so I didn't know anything better. Of what to do with, with my life then so yeah it, it's true to answer your question it was uh serendipity in a way because i wrote the book and eventually you know i wrote the book with just the intention of just telling my story and hopefully to educate other people that you know running ads on, on facebook was great and you know i felt that businesses should take care i mean should, should pay attention to it and yeah, people just started asking me like Marcus, can you do it? Can you do it for us? And that was when I started thinking, okay, maybe I can call this consultant and then later on became an agency. But that being said, I, I look at that book these days now and sometimes I'm a little bit embarrassed of how it's uh the errors, a lot of pictures inside. Yeah, it's kinda of embarrassing now looking back. So if you see any uh, marketing, it's just Send it to me, I'll buy it back from you.
1: <laughs> You'll bury it six feet under the ground.
0: <laughs> I will bury it uh, yeah, so that you can get the day of the day again. But that being said, uh, while I'm so embarrassed about it, I think it got like that whole career into the agency and started from there. That's where it came from, actually. It was that book,
1: Everyone starts from... No, oh my God! why did I ever do this? And then you improve, right? I mean, the social payoff book is just good. I was telling Marcus before this interview that my only copy, because he gave it to me, it has an autograph of Marcus. And if ever someone's going to borrow that book, he'll have he or she will have to fight with me by hand. It's, 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 it's really, it's it's just really good. It's really good. Yeah. So it's the shift on this, cause. You had a lot of clients in the digital marketing agency. You had it with your partners, and then now you're 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 by yourself with the team still. And the companies are not; they're ranging from the small business owners up to the big companies that were like you know were they're known as if not popular, it's really the ones that we are using in in our daily lives. And I know decisions, business decisions, are often make. By you daily. So, how have you made sound decisions? That's the right word. How were you able to find out that, hey, I'm making, I'm already making sound decisions, especially in the times when the like decisions had to be made or especially when deals had to be closed? Because I know it's tough because you're not, as a digital marketing agency, you're not talking directly to the owner of the business, right? Sometimes they have too many fences. How did you? realize that, hey, I'm already making sound decisions with these challenging deals for the agency?
0: Well, that's a a good question. Are you asking more like for the clients or you're asking more like for internally as running the company?
1: For the clients, yes.
0: For the clients. Well, for the clients, then it's a little bit easier. You know, it's all about prospecting and qualifying them, you know, the initial interest comes so, the I guess the biggest challenge is not so much the prospecting, but more, you know, cre- getting people to come and talk to you in the first place. I think that was the most difficult one. And that required me to just work, attend seminars, you know, find a way to force myself to speak at seminars, asking friends if they know of any marketing people. Uh, writing a book certainly helps, even though it was, you know, it was something that I'm embarrassed about. But, you know, the fact that it just differentiated me when I met people and say oh you got a name card well here's my book Mm -hmm. and yeah so when the inquiry came in you know it's all about asking them the right questions like you know the first question I would ask is is what motivated you to to talk to me today you know something along that line of course you don't want to sound arrogant or whatnot but the first question is like you know what motivated you to so the reason why I'm asking such question is because you want to dive down into the motives of why they are even like speaking to you in the first place mm-hmm. is it because they and usually it they will have a reason, right? It stems from some problem thing that they're trying to, to fix. So this is where it becomes easier because they say, oh, look, you know, we're not getting them leads or we're not getting when win for a brand or I'm opening a new store and I need to bring in more people to my store. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, and that sort of stuff. So then you ask them the next question, like where are you at today and where do you want to be? So they And, and you go got to dive down to specific numbers. So they'll say, oh, you know, I'm getting, you know, only... What two leads a week, and ideally, I want to grow it a bit bigger. So, so you want to go deeper with, with mm-hmm. them and, and try to ask them, Can I go bigger? I think that's some question that most people, most salespeople would feel uncomfortable asking. Like, mm-hmm. why do you want to? Why, why and but I feel at the same time, it's important to ask this question because if you don't ask why, then when it comes to you following up with these people. You, you want to go back into their why. So, I, I give you an example, like, recently I was in talks with a non-profit organization. Mm-hmm. They want to do all sorts of stuff. Content, they want to do social, they want to do this, marketing automation, all that kind of stuff. And, and so I, I just said like, okay, this all sounds like there's a lot of things to do.
1: Mm-hmm. Why do you want to Yeah.
0: And, this was when, I said, oh, actually because, you know, we are expanding into like, two or three more centers and, you know, we need, to fill it with more volunteers. We need the funding for donations to, to help fund it. I'm like, all right, cool. And, and then you want to get an estimation of timeline. So these are all the standard questions that sort of, you know, learn over the years you've and of course, reading a lot of these things online as well. And when it comes to, you know, their decision, it's one of the key questions that I ask at every initial meeting or call that I would have with them is I'll ask, so, you know, suppose, you know, everything goes ahead. Who makes a decision on this? So they would say, Oh, look, my, my manager will ask the director to, to make a decision on this, and actually we need the sign-off on that. So you said, Okay, great. You know, if you if you if you get all these decision makers in 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 like you identify all of them, then it comes to the next stage where you you just ask, like, what does it take for them to, to say yes? And they'll say, Oh, you know, my director is very Sometimes they, if they don't answer the right question, they, uh, if they're not answering correctly, then you just got to prompt that question a different way. But typically you just want to get an answer of like, oh, he, you know, they're to see this, this, or the pricing. And then when it comes to pricing, it's all about trying to figure out like, what's their budget? The thing I've learned over the years is that everybody has a budget in mind. It's not only a matter of whether they trust you enough at that point in conversation to tell you their budget, maybe they don't trust you yet so you just need to build more value build more trust and then try to get their budget but every single client always has a budget it's only whether they want to tell you up front or they want to tell you later because they want to you know just talk to you a little bit more first yeah. so, so that's how I do it for us
1: wow that's wonderful that's a wrap for this week's pin the Talk tell us what you think about the show send in your rating and comments on your favorite podcast platform now for questions and suggestions, email pentatop at anchristine.com. That's P-I-N-T-O-T-O-P at anchristine.com. Thanks for listening and have a great day.